Abba Yahweh, Lord, my Father, God, thank you for the opportunity again to deliver your word, truth, knowledge, and wisdom, Father God. Abba Yahweh, Aman. So we come to the word again, sharing again. And, uh, the devil really likes to interrupt this thing in any way, shape, or form he can, as he does with everything we do. Now, <coughs> pardon me. You have to understand and completely, <coughs> pardon me. So when God tells us, and the prophets have shared this before, Isaiah shared this, Jeremiah shared this, uh, be still and know that I am the Lord thy God. And we've had other individuals that have shared that same thing. Be still and hear the word of Hashim. Lord thy God. <laughs> Pardon me. <coughs> Pardon me. And we need to have that quiet time. And God tells us to take quiet time for him. And we are told to meditate on the Lord, to be in the word, to take time for him and with him. And I shared this the other day, that we need to take that time and we need to have that communion time with him. And not necessarily meaning that we're taking wafer, wine, or what have you. That we're taking uh, symbols of the Eucharist. <coughs> Pardon me. The time to commune with God is communication. Communion, communication, community. It means it's all relative. And the table that God calls us to is a communal table that we all are going to be his children. We all are going to share at plate, at sup with the Lord God Almighty when we get home. And part of the issue that was going on with Peter and Paul, once called Saul, then called Paul, is that the issue was that there was a verbal way that was being done. And then there was a, uh, the issue was being shown that it was different. And uh, it caused a little bit of a, a friction between Peter and Paul that ultimately got straightened out. But Paul, Paul got on him about it and said, how can you do that? You're going to preach the way of the word of God, and then you're going to do another thing. You can't do that. And Paul was actually given the task by Jesus to deliver the word to the Gentiles. Now, you have to remember something. They weren't really a difference other than there was no, um, the Gentiles were those that didn't go to synagogue and they didn't, uh, they didn't practice uh, circumcision. And later on, uh, away from the physical circumcision that was actually done and still practiced, is that circumcision is also a state of mind. It is a covenant, a communication between the Lord God Almighty and his followers. They, they take that covenant and they make covenant with God. But in order to do that, you have to have communion with God. You have to talk with him. You have to communicate with him. You have to listen to him. And when God 
tells you that you need to spend time with him. And the word tells us all the time is that we have to rest in God. We have to take time away from this world and focus on him. And we have to allow him to envelop, put his arms around us and just hold on to us. I've heard this so many times. Oh, I just need some downtime. I just need quiet time. I need time on my own. And you have you have couples, married couples and not married couples that use that excuse all the time. I've had a really bad day. I just need downtime. I've had a really bad day. I need alone time. And then what do they do? They grab their purse or whatever and they walk out of the house away from the person that they're supposed to be with. And you don't have to be trying to convince a person of anything or just share your day or just be with them. And many times it's that way with our Father God. Father God prefers that we communicate with him and that we talk with him and that when we have that time alone, he already knows our thoughts and our hearts, but he likes us to communicate with him. He likes it when we talk with him. He likes it when we communicate and he likes it when we acknowledge the fact that he is with us. But we are told many times that we need to take time and sit and rest and rely on his peace and seek his peace and seek his face. So many times, the alone time and downtime and I need away time or whatever excuse the individual gives turns out really pretty bad. And because there's no communication going on and because there's no time together, no communication, uh, no just being. And, and sometimes as it was with Job, and this is pointed out in the book of Job, when he went, everybody was trying to come and give advice on what he had done wrong. And he did this and he did that. So God did this and God did that. No, he didn't. The best friend for Job was the one that just came and sat with him didn't try to give him advice, tell him what he did wrong, tell him what he should do in order to make amends with God. He just came and he sat with him and he let Job pour his heart out to him. Sometimes that's all we need. God knows that. (coughs) Pardon me. (coughs) Pardon me that we just need to tune into him and be with him, spend time with him. And he will communicate. But let me throw this at you at the same time. Ooh, here it comes. Yeah, here it comes, because I do the same thing. When you sit with your finite mind and you're trying to grasp on the infinite mind, infinite depth of God's love, his grace, his mercy, his presence, and his promises, you can't do it. And you can't do it because why? You're trying to work it out in your finite mind. Satan loves this. Satan loves it when we do this, that we don't sit and meditate on the word of God, that we don't take and commune with God. We sit down and we try to figure out the problem on our own. I was going through that this morning. Just before I began sharing with you, so I have an issue that's going on. I, I believe I shared a little bit with you. And uh, I got to try to save my job and my payroll. But here's the thing. I'm not going to figure it out on my own because the new supposed better system that they have established 
allows only for computerized communication. It doesn't allow you to talk to anybody. And everybody's going that way. Oh my goodness, this is something that I've shared with y'all before. Heed my word because this is the truth. And it is far beyond just the way of the world now. It's technology now. It's a better system. No, it's not. What it is, is the agenda of the enemy. They call him the prince of the air for a reason. How do you think these computers communicate with one another? It's called bandwidth. It's airwaves that go through, that are sent through the air. They're not all plugged in together. You have Wi-Fi, wireless, fidelity, interconnection. I don't know. I can't remember what it all, the words stand for. But you don't have plug-in. You're not plugged in with your neighbor. The prince of the air. He was called that for a reason. He used to be able to command music to be made without instrumentation. He could command the air to move and do what he wanted to do. Do you not think that what they're doing with the systems now, this is called erasing interpersonal relationship. It's erasing community, communal communication. Communication is not getting done because many times you have, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I am not. I know I'm correct, so, but that's all right. In your mind's eye, you might see that I'm not. But when you go on someplace and you try to get with customer service and they tell you that you don't have that capability or that you need to call another number and you call another. I was on a telephone for an hour and a half today trying to get this situation taken care of and tried to go back through the union, tried to go back through the job. Well, guess what I get told? Oh, we don't do it that way anymore. You got to go through that number. You got to use that number, except for an hour and a half of a dead end. And, then, and the one person, one person in an hour and a half that I was able to speak with was very helpful and kind of trying to help out and understand and tried to do that and then transferred me to another phone number. And guess what? <laughs> Started the whole carousel all over again. And quite honestly, I was not in the mood to stay on the phone for another hour and a half. It just wasn't going to happen. But what we have to do is we have to tune into God's internal security system. And that security system is his presence, his promises, his love. And the sanctity that we have and the salvation that we have of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the same yesterday, today, and for always. And we have that capability. He offers that to us all the time. He promises that to us all the time. We have to take time to sit down and do it. <coughs> Pardon me. So when you take your alone time or your downtime or your set-aside time, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't make any difference, really, because it all turns out the same thing. Many times, unless you're a true believer and a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and have faith in God, then it will end up differently or go a different direction. But if you don't, it's going to end up the same. And you take a look back in the Old Testament when David tried to do it on his own, when Solomon tried to do it on his own, when Sarai, remember her name was changed from Sarai to Sarah and Abram to Abraham. Remember back when she heard and the promise that was made from God and then she thought it funny. She laughed about that. So what did she do? 
She took her handmaiden on her own because she set aside and she, first of all, she denied the fact that she'd overheard the conversation. So she lied. And then when she got on her alone time, she goes, man, he's just too old. I'm too old. We can't do this. I can't nurse a child. I can't do it. He, he can't produce a child. He's too old. Okay, what we're going to do, uh, not with me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give him my handmaiden. So Sarai took it upon herself to bring Hagar into the picture. God didn't say anything about Hagar. He was talking about Abram and Sarai. Well, she took it upon herself to figure out what was going on, and she convinced herself through the torment of the evil one that it couldn't be done. So he took, she took her handmaid, Hagar, sent her into her husband, and then we know the rest of the story. Hagar wound up getting kicked out because Sarai was upset and kicked her out of the house, and she wound up out in the wilderness, and the angel of the Lord had to come because God heard the cries of Hagar and saved her and the child, and blessed her child. And that's the way it turns out when we try to do it on our own. And we sit aside and we figure it out for ourselves. And let's put this into perspective as well. Heed what I say here. When you're on your own and you're not talking to God, you're not focusing on God, you're not meditating on God, you're not looking at the word of God, and you sit there with your empty head rattling around, then you start getting this thought process going in. Oh, do this, do this. Man, if you did it that way, and you should have done that way. First of all, let me explain something very, very clearly to you. Those are words of condemnation, berating, and belittling. That does not come from the Holy Spirit and it does not come from God. That comes from one place and one place only. And that comes from Satan, the enemy, the evil one, whatever you want to call him, Beelzebub. He will convince you and the thought process goes in both directions. The, the Holy Spirit battles for time in our minds. But when we sit there, we start trying to figure it on our own. And then we hear the voice say, well, you know, you really should have done this. Why didn't you do that? You should have done it that way. How come you didn't do that years ago? Those are all words of condemnation. Those are all words of negativity. You won't get that from Lord God Almighty, Abba Yahweh. He does not talk to his children that way. The Holy Spirit does not talk to us that way. Jesus Christ, anointed of God, does not talk to us that way. The offer of consolation, comfort, kindness, compassion, that all comes from God, his love. That comes from God. Condemnation, judgment, pointing the finger, and ridicule does not come from God. That comes from one place and one place only. And when we're sitting there trying to figure out how to do things on our own, what it's going to be. And we figure out that rather than focusing on God being the same yesterday, today, and for always, and that he will be with us until the end of, end of the age, we're focusing on things that are going on around us. I, I'm having a little difficulty this morning. <coughs> Pardon me. I'm a little frustrated because of things that are going through the work 
But then do I want to compound that by figuring out, well, the next step, next step, next step, the next negative step, next negative? No, I'm not. God brought me to this place of existence and where I am, and he promises to be with me always. I have faith in that because the I've shared this word with you before and I'll share it again. The empirical evidence that I have seen of the faithfulness of my Lord God Almighty. What that means, empirical evidence, is evidence that is presented that can not be disputed. The empirical evidence of the promises of my God and his being with me, I have seen so much. And when I look back, and remember this, Moses and Joshua told the Israelites when they were leaving and getting ready to cross the river, they were reminded, the elders of the tribes were told, look back and remember that your Lord, thy God, was with you always. You don't look back and regret. You don't look back in self-pity and self-punishment, berating and belittling and being bound by things that happened in the past by Satan because that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to be bound in the past. Oh, what I should have done, would have done, could have done. No, you look back and say, Father, thank you for being with me as you promised you would. And when I look back and see the things I can see, and when I go beyond, even when I was walking with the Lord as I should have been, because there was a time and I didn't, and I believed, but God had plans for me. And I'm here where I am, in, am now because of his plans and not my plans. Had I done it the way I had planned to do it, I would have driven off that bridge with that nearly 82,000 pound 18 wheeler. I'd be done down in the bottom of the river then because that would have sank pretty fast and they wouldn't have gotten down to me for who knows how long. And in my mobile mausoleum that was sitting on the bottom of the bay. So had I done it my way, that's where I would be because I saw no way out. We see no way out. We gripe and we complain and we get this and then the devil comes in with berating, belittling, judging, pointing the finger of condemnation. No offer for solution. A lot of empty promises that he might make and sadly there are those individuals that buy into that. The Lord God is good to his word. He is great to his faithfulness. And there's a song. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. He is faithful and he is true. And that empirical evidence that I've seen often and often and often. So many times, I can't even count the times now. He has shown that to me. And here's a thing that is shared in, in one of my readings this morning. As Solomon used to talk about, uh, in, the, in the scripture it actually calls it vanity. But if we take it to a more modern translation or something that someone will understand better, uh, he says, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. <coughs> so you have meaningless, meaningless. Everything is just meaningless. And we have to get that into our mindset. Even me going through all this stuff here, it's meaningless. It really is. 
The only thing that matters is that God is with me. God came here with me. He's not leaving me. God does not leave or forsake you. And his word says that. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be not afraid nor dismayed. Have I not commanded you to be of good courage? Okay. Understand this. I've shared it before and I'm going to share it again. You have a difference. If you leave someone, you just walk away. Like a mom and her child or companion, you go shopping to the mall and you turn to your side where your companion was and they're now gone. You can't find them and you're looking around, looking around, you go in small circles around, then all of a sudden you see them down the end of an aisle. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I saw something on sale caught my eye and I walked over and I got distracted. I'm sorry. That's leaving someone. It didn't happen with God. And God will never forsake you. He is not going to bring you into the midst of something that may be tumultuous and then walk away and leave you there to fend for yourself. That doesn't happen with God. God promises, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And Jesus echoed those words, and I will be with you to the end of the age. So instead of trying to figure all this stuff out with your finite mind, your feeble finite mind, yeah, you find offense in that, that's kind of too bad because that's what it is. Your finite mind is feeble compared to the promises and the might and the thought process that God and our Lord provides for us. It's very feeble. We, you can't figure it out. Your mind is going to have these many explosions going off in it Man, what's happening? What's happening? What? What? How did he do that? And you, you're not going to be able to figure it out no matter how much you try. However, as the reading continues, if we are in collaboration with God, we have a covenant with God, we have an agreement with God, and we allow the Holy Spirit to guide our steps as we are told in Proverbs 3, I believe it's five and six, that the Holy Spirit promises to guide us to them that love the Lord. It tells us that he will do so. And we are going to find meaning in everything that we do in every single day because of his promises. And that we are what? We are in collaboration with God. We have a covenant with God and we do our very best. And here's the other thing that you have to really remember. You have to remember that this is, this is imperative because Satan is going to try to get you when you get the, that little quiet time in your own and you're not focusing on God and you're letting him get in your head. He's going to get you to believe that God has an issue because you have not lived up to perfection of heaven. Well, guess what? God does not expect you to be perfect. He doesn't want you to be perfect. And there's nothing on the plane of existence here that is perfect until he who is perfect has come. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he comes back, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And those that Satan convinced otherwise are going to confess as well. 
and those that function for him above, below, and on this plane of existence, guess what? Wow, Jesus is Lord. He is the only begotten Son of God. So we need to relinquish time to God, spending time with God, not with ourselves. And we need to just have that communion time. I like the way the wording says in here. When you arise in the stillness of our communion and gradually begin your journey through the day, hold my hand in deliberate dependence on me and I will smooth out the path before you. Sounds like Proverbs 3. Where's the Holy Spirit come from? It comes from God. Where did Jesus come from? The only begotten Son of God. He came. <coughs> Pardon me. All that Jesus Christ did and we have to remember this. Let's look at, at another direction here because I'm going to share this with you anyway. Um, not trying to sound arrogant, but the only choice you have is to not listen and turn it off. Um, but the point of it is that this is all truth, knowledge, and wisdom of the Lord God Almighty. And you have individuals that are questioned certain things and sometimes they bring these things up. Who are the Magi? Or Magi, depending on how you pronounce it, but I call them the Magi. These were, these were not astronomers. These were, uh, are not astrologers. These were astronomers. There's a difference. Um, these were individuals that studied the stars in the heavens. They didn't try to forecast people's lives by the constellations and things like this and give them like the many of them do. They had them then as they have them now. But these gentlemen study the stars. And they came to find something that they had copies of a scroll. And the words that were in the scroll came from Numbers 24. And Numbers 24 spoke about the scepter and the rod. They were talking about Jesus Christ. And there are a number of places. You go all the way back to the book of Numbers. And it goes in through the book of Psalms. You come into Isaiah. And then you come into Jeremiah and Daniel, and they talk about the virgin birth. So we're going to flip over here. Pardon me, I didn't put a ribbon in it, so I'm going to flip some pages here. Bear with me a moment, please. So... This is in the book of Numbers and 
we have prophecies that are being done, spoken of. And this is a prophetic vision that was done. And we have to think that this is a little over a thousand years before the birth of Christ. And the Magi have copy of this scroll work, have copies of this message. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Shif. That's a term that was translated to mean hell. And what does this do? They they studied this and put it together. <coughs> and they're, what they have come to realize as the Magi started to study these in a collection, you can find more of these similitudes in other scriptures. And then they talk about the virgin birth and they're talking about the scepter that is coming out. What is a scepter? So the star comes out of Israel and the scepter shall rise out of Israel, meaning that a scepter is a symbol of authority. A scepter is a symbol of kingship. Sovereignty. Interesting that they're talking about a star that will be visible. And they're talking about a scepter coming out. And oh, that's coincidental. Why? Well, there you go with your finite thinking again. Listen to the word of God. Listen to God speak. Listen to the Holy Spirit deliver truth, knowledge, and wisdom. They're talking about the birth of of Jesus Christ. These men studied the star. And all of a sudden, here materializes a star that was not before seen. And it was not before met. And here, here you have these astronomers, not astrologers. These men were studiers of the heavens. They studied the planets. They studied the stars. That was their forte, Let's call it that. They studied these things for mapping purposes, for guidance purposes. See, back in those days, they didn't have GPS. It didn't work part of the time now anyway. And then we have here, we read in the book of Matthew, they talk, they go back in time, remember? Regula Fidele, rule of faith that you read from the front cover to the back cover, the back cover to the front cover. And here it is a reference in Matthew 1, 22 to 23 that he's talking about. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. <coughs> Pardon me. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now you find those words in Matthew 1, 22 and 23. But if you go back into the Old Testament, you will also find that that is spoken of in Isaiah. 
You will find it in the book of Psalms. And you will find it in several other locations. They're talking about the birth of Christ. 700 to 1,000 years before it took place. The book of Numbers was written, transcribed, and these the Magi had this section of scroll. They had copies of this. They had individuals that had heard them speak of this. This was over 1,000 years before the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here we have, uh, at the end of my morning reading, I'm going to share here with you because this is what I was talking about a moment ago. Proverbs 3, specifically Proverbs 6. But I'm going to go back and I'm going to jump on this because I, I like it. Proverbs 3, beginning at 3. No, I'm going to go back to verse 1. I like that. Chapter 3, 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. He's talking to you and me. For the length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Looking to the Lord in all circumstances for his peace. You don't look at, oh man, look at what's going on now. Look what's going on now. Which is exactly where Satan wants to drag us. And I could have been doing that this morning, but I turned and I got to pray, got to meditate on the word of God. And he promises to be with me. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. I so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. So if you're doing all that God asks you to do in his tenets and commandments, and you look to that direction, that men and women are going to look at you and they're going to say, wow, that guy's different. I've shared this with you before and not to toot my own horn, but this is God working. I had clients that would ask me, say, why are you so different? I said, because my God tells me to be. The word of God teaches me to be. And that's what I'm supposed to do. They saw something. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. What does that mean? It means that you will be filled and you'll be strong. Satan doesn't want you to be strong. Satan wants you to be weak. He wants you to be tired. He wants you to be frustrated. He wants you to be lost. And he wants you to gripe, 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 gripe. Remember this. God is not a complaint department in some big department store that impresses stuff out. He is the renovation chief administrator, engineer, 
whatever you want to label and call, but he is in charge of all that. And that's shown here. While we were yet at enmity with the Lord God, he sent his only begotten son. While we were still shaking our fists at him, when we were still griping and complaining about everything that he's done, everything that we're stuck in the middle of, he sent Jesus anyway. He came, manifest, and came and saved us. Gave us a choice. And you can either stay over there and whine, whine, whine about that, complain about that, or you can believe that Jesus is my only begotten son, that I sent him here for a reason. And you can choose to believe that and have faith in me that I will be true to my word and promises or not. The choice is yours. And if you choose not to believe, then you condemn yourself to a life of misery and you condemn yourself to hell because if you don't repent and don't change before that time comes for you to leave this plane of existence, you will perish. Not only die, but you'll perish. Remember, there's a difference between death and perishing. And a lot of people mistake them and think that they're synonymous. They are not. When you die, you leave this plane of existence. They put you in a box. They put you in a hole in the ground somewhere and your spirit goes. That's death. Perishing is when you spend eternity away from God or with God, depending on what your choice is. God gave us that free will choice. And despite what these perverts will try to teach by perverting the word of God and changing it to darkness, the truth of the word of God is that we have been given a choice. And if we choose to not believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of then we have condemned ourselves to perish, not God. Condemnation comes from one place and one place only, and it comes in many different formats. He's gonna point his finger at you. He's gonna verbally blame you, condemn you. Why did you this? Why did you that? La, da, 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 da. He's gonna get you into self-degradation, self-bereavement, all those things. He's gonna get you into comparison. He's gonna get you to find fault with somebody, someplace, somehow, something. And that comes from one place and one place only. And that comes from Satan. Remember what I've shared with you too, that we have been given authority and power over this. And this we will find in the book of Luke. I'm gonna flip back over there because I wanna give it to you exactly how the Lord said it. This is, of course, in the King James Version, which I happen to like. So this is because I was raised on this, and this is also my father's Bible. Shared that with you, I think, before. So you had the individuals. This is a particular time that the other disciples came back, and they had been gone out, and they were all excited, and they were kind of like giddy school kids, they were all excited to the fact that they were going out and they were, wow, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. Okay, like they're, first of all, let's, let's examine something. They're not telling Jesus something that he didn't already know. They're not sharing unbeknownst information. So what are they doing? <laughs> based on the illustration to the word of God, 
is that they were letting others around know. Because there's a couple other chapters in here. Um, there was one that was um, happy in the fact that he was doing, he was sharing with, oh, my Lord, you, you told me true, it's true. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, but because he wasn't traveling in their group and within their group and he is not with us, they didn't want to hear it. They decided they didn't want to hear it. And uh, Jesus, of course, corrected that and said, hey, he's not against us. He is for us. He is talking in favor of what we do. At the same time, Jesus is saying here, and the 70, uh, this is uh, Luke 10, 17. <coughs> Pardon me. And the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Who's he talking about? What do I call him? Are you listening? Are you paying attention? The enemy is Satan. He is at enmity with God, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and any of us that pay attention to the word of God. He is our enemy. He comes at us with falsehoods, belittling, degrading, and he comes at us also in attacking our mindset to keep us from thinking on those things that we should be thinking about. That's what he does. His favorite point of attack is in the mindset. And I've shared with you before that there are others that claim to be Christians that don't want to talk about Jesus. They don't want to, or they don't want to talk about Satan. They don't want to talk about any of the things that are in. They don't even read the book of Revelation. Excuse me, the book of Revelation. Do any of you really know what that is? And in some Bible translation, it says, the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. If you read through the book of Revelation, it's talking about Jesus Christ, the anointed, only begotten Son of God. It is the revelation of him in the latter days as it comes. He's already returned to heaven and become glorified. He's getting ready to come back for us. That is what the book of Revelation is about. Everybody talks about it as being, oh, it's doom and gloom, it's this and that. It's only doom and gloom if you buy it. It's only doom and gloom if you don't believe. It's only doom and gloom if you buy into what Satan tells you. It's not doom and gloom if you believe the truth, knowledge, and wisdom of the Lord God Almighty. It's a revelation of Jesus in the latter days. And Jesus tells us, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents, and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So glorified by the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Savior, our Sanctifier, our Redeemer, our, our Life Preserver, our King, our Lord, the truth, the light, the bread of life, the knowledge, that comes from God. So, which direction do you go? You choose to believe the darkness or you believe the truth?
So we have to remember that God favors and Jesus favors us that are in his word and in his way and in his truth and believe in him and follow him and share him and do what he has asked that we do, that we share the word of God so that everyone will have a choice. Everyone has an opportunity to be saved. That no one need to perish. Be blessed.